What's going on, Flames Nation, and welcome to the week four edition of the Sea of Red football podcast. I am Richie Longshots, and I am joined by the man who is all things the Sea of Red, the G-O-A-T, John Manson. And I already know the answer to this question because I know I'm flying high. The vibes are great. Manson, how are we doing on this Tuesday night? 3-0, and 55 points put up on the board on the road. Fresh off a trip with the family to Buffalo, Niagara Falls. Couldn't be doing any better. There's no one better than you right now. Nothing better than putting up a 50-burger uh, on a casual Saturday in September. But I have a little trivia question, John, and I think you might know the answer. But this goes out to all Flames Nation. What do Coach Prime, Coach Freeze, Coach Jeff Brom at Louisville, and our head coach, Jamie Chadwell, what do those four coaches have in common? Well, you must have been paying attention to the C-Red Twitter today because uh, I think that's where we saw it, right? Saw that uh, those are the only first-year head coaches at their current school uh, in the FBS that are currently undefeated. Liberty, Auburn, Colorado, and Louisville. So pretty impressive company that uh, that Coach Chadwell is keeping right now. Obviously, you know, we all know the story of Coach Prime in Colorado, and they're just setting all types of records out there in, uh, in the mountains of Colorado. And, and then obviously we're all familiar with, with uh, Coach Freeze at Auburn, and then also Coach Prom is off to a good start. But, yeah, Coach Chadwell right there with them. And uh, I, I – well, I don't want to say that, but I don't expect all four of these teams uh, to be undefeated uh, this time next week. It's going to be very funny, John, when you end up as bulletin board material for Colorado. Uh, but, uh, John, you already mentioned you uh, on Twitter. If you are following on Twitter, make sure you follow YouTube, whatever medium, whatever way you are consuming this content. Like, subscribe. It helps us out a ton. Uh, so we mentioned undefeated. And one of the voicemails that we got from a longtime listener uh, kind of goes into that a little bit. And uh, we don't want to jump too much into Buffalo and too much into FIU, but uh, just a quick little recap. So producer 3000, uh, play us that voicemail. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Caleb Glenn, leader of the Liberty Jokers. Just calling to ask, what week would you expect us to be ranked if we continue to get undefeated this year? Thanks, guys. Have a good one. So what week... If we continue to go undefeated, I'm going to knock on wood. Um, I am definitely superstitious. Uh, what week, John, do you think is kind of that point where we start to get into that nationally ranked conversation? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's one of those things that I've kind of thought about a little bit. Um, you know, you got to put all the factors into it, right? I mean, Liberty is, you know, a new head coach, a new conference. Uh, the strength of schedule is obviously not the greatest this year. Um, a lot of turnover on the roster coming into the season. So I say all that to say the Flames are coming from zero, basically, right? I mean, they had no preseason really expectations on a national level. Of course, those of us that follow the program, fans, and uh, those around Conference USA expected uh, this team to be able to win a lot and compete for Conference championships. But uh, I, I don't think you know, there's a lot, a lot of ground to make up and there's no one win that we're going to see Liberty have that's going to catch a lot of people's attention. You know, if Liberty were playing Ohio State like Western Kentucky did this past week and Liberty were to upset them, then obviously I think that would automatically catapult the Flames into a top 25 ranking. So that being said, 
uh, I think it's going to be, you know, deeper into the season. I mean, we're still still not receiving any votes. I think it's going to be, you know, you get to that Western Kentucky game and you're undefeated going into that. You're probably receiving votes already. I think you'd be seven and zero at that point in time. And then if you uh, were to uh, get the win uh, on the road in Kentucky over WKU and get to eight and zero, then I think at that point in time we'd be ranked in the top twenty five. Uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's a lot of games, a lot of ifs, a lot of things have to change throughout the country. But just at that point in time when you're 8-0 and you, you'll, you'll receive enough national attention to to garner enough votes and respect. And plus, Liberty's been on the uh, polls, you know, in recent years, right? I mean, you know, got ranked last year and ranked a couple years ago. So, you know, the, the voters are familiar with the Flames. I totally agree. I, uh, you know, Turtle just mentioned the, the Western Kentucky game. I think that's a good parameter. I wouldn't be shocked if it did happen a little earlier just because of the way college football is this year. Uh, we're seeing a lot of kind of eat your own. Uh, teams are losing quickly, not you know following those expectations that they might have had uh, earlier in the year. But I know there's a Bible verse somewhere and about worrying about worrying about tomorrow. Some Matthew something 36. I don't know. I'll leave that up for uh, uh, Dr. Will. Uh, but we're not going to look too much into tomorrow. We do want to take a moment, talk about last week's game, the game against Buffalo. You were at, I was able to watch on TV, but we're going to kick it over to uh, our, our crew to talk about last week's game, talk about some other stuff within the program. Uh, excited to be joined by Mr. Jason Porter and Mr. 55, Brendan Schlittler. Howdy, howdy. John's muted again. What's up, guys? How we doing? Good, how are you? Good, man. So, uh, Brendan, take us into this past week and uh, the, the game at Buffalo. Guys played great, scored 55 points. Uh, you know, Caden balled out. I mean, five touchdowns through the air, one on the ground, six total touchdowns. Career highs and touchdowns and yards, getting all sorts of accolades. Conference USA Player of the Week, uh, several others. Uh, take us into into that game and what it was like uh, for you there watching on the sidelines. Yeah, so going into that game, um, obviously it's your first road game. Uh, Buffalo just lost to an FCS team, and we're a very young team, so the coaches were on high alert, um, making sure we knew what this game meant, making sure we were prepared, uh, and then we came out with energy. And uh, Coach said, if we love each other, we play for each other, the energy will be there. And uh, it most certainly was. So that was huge for me um, as an older guy to see us go as a young team, going to an away game to a team that hasn't been playing that well, that has potential to beat us and to come out like we did. That was that, that showed me a lot. So um, as you mentioned, Caden was explosive. The whole offense was clicking. Could have probably put up two or three more touchdowns if we didn't, you know, shoot ourselves in the foot. So obviously looking to improve there. Uh, turnovers continue, so got some more Joker mask content. But uh, overall, great week, and uh, I'm very happy with how we came out. Yeah, Brandon, congratulations on the win. Uh, I don't know if anyone's talking about this yet, but uh, 55 points, your number's 55. This is the first thing your parents said to me after the game. I mean, we ought to, you ought to get some extra special bonus for that, man. I don't know how that works out, but uh, huge win for you guys. And like you mentioned, being on the road is, is such a big deal to be able to pick that up. Um, you talked about the offense a little bit. No question that uh, those guys were clicking for sure. Uh, I was curious, just um, let's flip sides of the ball for just a second. Let's talk about the defense for a minute because – 
man, the secondary and the safeties and just those guys are absolutely flying around like crazy. Tyron Dupree, Jerome Jolly um, playing out of their minds right now. What are you seeing uh, that's making us so successful, us uh, Flames Nation, so successful on the defensive side of the ball? I think it starts with their mindset. We have a thing called tips and overthrows. Got to get those. So those guys talk about that every single day. Um, you know, now we got the Joker mask and we lead the, I don't know what the stats are, but we're, you know, top two or three, maybe number one in interceptions and turnovers. So uh, those guys have a mindset that I haven't seen since I've been here. Um, they're going after that ball. And once they see it, it's like, that's all they're focused on. So, um, but that's exactly, you know, what you see on Saturdays, but they, that's how they practice. And um, they practice with speed and not, you know, they prep very intelligently so they can not really think when they're out there. They can just play and trust their instincts. Um, but all those guys are super athletic, super fast, and I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon. As always, this uh, portion of the podcast is sponsored by uh, RT Rogers, uh, the Live with Five Five segment. Brendan Schlittler, uh, Brendan, tell us a little bit about uh, RT Rogers. Those of you watching on the screen, you can see their contact information uh, there. But uh, for those listening and watching, Brendan, tell us a little bit more about them. RT Rogers is an oil company based out of Hinton, West Virginia. Uh, they deliver to multiple states and the surrounding areas. Um, Greg Rogers, owner and operator, is a Liberty alum. Uh, big supporter of uh, Liberty Athletics and football in particular. And uh, the responsive, reliable, full-service fuel provider coming up with the winter months is going to be important. So make sure you give them a call uh, with the number below if you have any oil needs. Awesome. Thanks, Brendan. So, uh, Brendan, let, let's talk a little bit more about uh, that offense. I mean, we had uh, three receivers that put up big numbers. I think two guys went over 100. One was knocking on the door with 99, Traylon Sibley, uh, Elijah Smoot. And uh, C.J. Daniels, C.J. Daniels is not a new name, obviously, for, for us as Liberty fans. Uh, we've seen what he's been able to do throughout his career and earlier this year. But uh, Trayon's another guy that's been around the program for a while but maybe hasn't put up the stats that, that we normally uh, – that we saw on Saturday uh, in the box sheet, box score that we've seen out of him that, so far this year. And then Smoot, a transfer from UT Martins, kind of uh, came on and, and exploded onto the scenes. We've heard a lot about him in training camp but had a really good, good game Saturday. Uh, what has allowed those guys to kind of, you know, uh, showcase their ability, showcase their talents uh, on Saturday like we saw up in Buffalo? Yeah, it's funny. We always talk, you know, during fall camp, who do you think the breakout player is going to be, offense, defense, you know, who's going to shock everyone? And this year I I see Trayon Sibley. I think um, he's a guy that is physical, he's big, and he can run. And those three tangibles are huge at receiver. Um, and he's been catching some great balls. So, that, I mean, he is destined for a great year. I, that's just a glimpse of what we can see uh, if he keeps it up being consistent with that. And Smoot came in from UT Martin, as you mentioned, uh, from the get-go. Had his head down, just wanted to work and be consistent. His big thing is he just says, I just want to stack days. So, um, he's came in and worked his tail off. I think both of those guys are capable of doing that every single week. So, I, I'm excited to see what they can do to build upon it, but – this is nothing new, seeing this every single day. These guys are super talented. Um, you know, the coaches did a great job of putting them in positions, and Caden was throwing lights out. Um, yeah, he's growing a ton. So, Yeah, Brendan, so Saturday FIU is going to be an interesting ball game. Uh, just doing some prep work here, getting ready for it. I'm going to nerd out here for just a minute because there's something that's kind of jumping off the page that I wanted to get your take on. So they've got a senior linebacker named Donovan Manuel, 
um, who's got some pretty impressive stats. Uh, first in FBS and forced fumbles, uh, fourth in FBS and tackles, solo tackles, he's fourth, and then 13th in tackles for losses. So when you guys see somebody like that, especially O-line-wise, I know you're not keen on individuals because it certainly takes a lot more than one individual necessarily, but as you're putting together the game plan, as the offensive staff's putting together the game plan, Coach Corn and Coach Shadwell and everybody, uh, t- talk us through a little bit about how that comes together throughout the progression of the week, you know, from a position standpoint, then eventually bringing the individuals uh, or the individual players in then position wise and, and kind of gets bigger all the way to offense versus defense. Yeah. So the coaches, the coaches will look at the film before we come in on a, on a Monday and they kind of look at the team's tendencies, you know, what they do, what they don't do. When you show this, what do they show? Uh, to kind of start creating that plan. So, as you mentioned, FIU, that linebacker and guys in general, uh, they're top 25 in TFLs right now. Their red zone defense has been lights out, and uh, they're a bend-not-break defense. So, what we've learned going into it, you know, they don't pressure too much, but once you get over the 50, going into the 40, as you get closer to the goal line, they start sending everything. So, um, those force fumbles, those, you know, TFLs, those are – attributed to the pressure they bring in the red zone. So it's coming up with a game plan for that, knowing and being aware it's going to happen and uh, just simply executing off of what we know is going to happen. So um, they definitely have done a great job four games into doing that. And it's something we're well aware of. Hey, Brendan, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate the way uh, you stayed engaged and, and uh, leading from the sidelines despite your injury and and uh, leading this team to a, to a 3-0 start so far. I appreciate you uh, joining us again tonight. I appreciate you guys. Have a good night. All right, JP, JP, let's talk uh, some investment property. What's a what's a down payment look like uh, compared to a primary residence? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Interesting discussion here on this. I wanted to bring this up tonight just because I just had this uh, talk with um, some folks earlier today. So what you said about primary residence versus investment property residence or or secondary residence are are kind of the key delineation. So if we're talking about a primary residence, that's obviously where you're going to live your personal uh, personal home. If you're looking at an investment property, um, that's going to be where you're going to have a rent or a tenant or something along those lines. And the reason that that makes a difference is because from the lending perspective, the bank's perspective, they look at that and say, hey, if it's an investment property, you're not boots on the ground necessarily. So your down payment is looking at usually 20, sometimes to 25 percent of the sale price. So keep that in mind as you're looking at an investment property. The flip side of that, of course, with the primary residence is sometimes you can qualify for three, three, four, five percent um, down payment. So it makes a big difference depending on if you're looking at an investment property or a primary residence. But um, do a lot of, of both of those type of transactions, as we've talked about ad nauseum uh, throughout the throughout the weeks. So uh, be glad to help anybody with that. But uh, investment real estate's a lot of fun. Just kind of got to know some of the rules going in. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jason. Anybody listening, be sure to uh, reach out to Jason for your real estate needs. Jason Porter, real estate at gmail.com. I appreciate your uh, support of the show and uh, and your support of a uh, Red and Liberty athletics as a whole. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, John. Virginia's best and most flames friendly coffee comes from Ironclad Coffee Roasters. Ironclad Roasters serves up their beautiful beans at two cafes in Richmond, where you can enjoy their craft roasted specialty beans from anywhere in the country by visiting www.ironcladcoffee.com. Place your order there and it will be directly shipped to your doorstep. Whenever you find yourself in the capital of the Commonwealth, pay them a visit at one of their two cafes in the Richmond area. Ironclad's owners, the family, are proud flames coachmen and season ticket holders. Now they'll please sponsor the podcast from the CRA. Hop over to www.ironclackcoffee.com. Now see your Virginia's best specialty coffee headed your way.
Well, we're back with Richie and our friend Damien Sorderlet, Dame Dalla, who left us high and dry, went to Roanoke. Uh, how's it going, Damien? Yeah, it's going pretty well. I uh, had a press conference uh, in Blacksburg about eight and a half hours ago. So, uh, you know, living the dream right now, as you could say. I uh, know how busy you guys are since you had a press conference, what, 12 hours ago in Lynchburg. So, uh, know that life and uh, glad I, I have a little bit reasonable time to go to a press conference compared to what you guys have to deal with in Lynchburg. No, totally get it. I, I got to ask before we jump into some college football stuff, did you get a chance to make the trip up to Jersey this past weekend for the Virginia Tech game? I did. Um, I was texting with Chad the other day and I said, you know, I'm a little disappointed that I had to trade in my trip to Jersey or actually my trip to Niagara Falls <laughs> for another trip to Jersey since we went there in 2019. John and I were there for the Liberty Rutgers game. Mm -hmm. And then Chad replies back, haha, Freeze would never. And I think <laughs> it went over his head what exactly I meant. But uh, yeah, I went up there again, um, drove this time, drove back in downpour on 81 from Pennsylvania <laughs> to Roanoke. Uh, but, you know, it was good to get back up there. Uh, same result as last time. Uh, Rutgers ran all over uh, Virginia Tech like it did against Liberty. John remembers. Uh, Rutgers basically imposing their will in that game, and Rutgers did the same thing Saturday against Virginia Tech. So, yeah, for was, those, so for those that I don't, was, sorry, so, sorry, Richie, I was just going to say for those that that don't know, um, and I'm sure everybody listening does know, uh, Damian sort of led. He obviously covered Liberty. Uh, how long, Damian? How long were you on the Liberty beat for the news in advance? Full time from 2015 till March, and then uh, so I got started there. October of 2012 covered uh, two home games. So that would have been Concord and Stony Brook in 2012. So I was there for the Jacob Hagen coming out party against Stony Brook. He had two interceptions in that game. Uh, covered the entire basketball season, which included both teams going to the NCAA tournament. I don't know if you remember the paper that we had the, the Monday after was Dance Partners and Dale Ayer could never get Kerry Green to do the dance with him when they were being honored in Lynchburg after uh, they got back from Myrtle Beach. Uh, then Chris Lang was on there um, for better part of – so 13 and 14, and then I took over in 15. Yeah, so Damian was on the beat uh, for quite a while there covering the Flames in Lynchburg. And and uh, this uh, spring, I guess it was, took over uh, the Roanoke Times beat covering uh, Virginia Tech. So uh, big, big opportunity for you there, and, and I know you're you're crushing it for the Hokies fans. We miss you in Lynchburg, miss you at the uh, uh, press conferences and in the press box. But, uh, Damian, you, you obviously co cover uh, college football a lot. You cover Liberty. I know you're still keeping up with the Flames. Uh, obviously cover uh, Virginia Tech as well, too, and, and keep up with the ACC in general. But uh, I wanted to get your, your take on just college football in Virginia right now. It's kind of unique. I tweeted a little bit about this over the weekend. JMU, Liberty, both off the good starts uh, once again. JMU got the upset of UVA uh, a couple weeks ago. 
Uh, both teams are, are you know, kind of darlings in the group of five, if you will. And and meanwhile, the two uh, programs that are P5s in the state, Virginia Tech, which you cover, and, and UVA uh, in Charlottesville, they're they're kind of down on their luck a little bit recently. And and uh, you know, then you also got Old Dominion in, in Norfolk as well too, which has has struggled the last few years. What's your general take of uh, maybe the power rankings of the teams in the state uh, has JMU and Liberty surpassed uh, Virginia and Virginia Tech currently uh, in the college football landscape or around the state. Well, if you look based just on results, uh, yeah, uh, Liberty has more. This kind of shocked me when I was going back through and looking this. Um, and Chad texted me what I was going to be talking about earlier today. I started thinking about it, and I was like. Dang, Liberty has more wins against Power 5 teams since the beginning of last season, Virginia Tech. Wow. Two to, two to one. Um, and it could be three to one if Liberty took care of business against Tech and Lynchburg last year. Um, but, you know, all the factors surrounding that, freeze with one foot out the door, deciding to take away the hot hand of Jonathan Bennett at quarterback, you know, Day-Day Hunter, you know, you know, you know, that's an opportunity that, you know, Liberty shouldn't have squandered, but you know, whatever happened, it did. Um, but yeah, if you look at that, yeah, because both tech and UVA are both in rebuilding modes. And if you look at Liberty and James Madison, Liberty went through a quasi rebuild mode. If you look at specifically the 2016, 2017 seasons, I know there's the win over Baylor in 2017 and, um, you know, good wins here and there. But, you know, when I go back and think of Liberty football in totality, you look at those seasons and Liberty had no depth at offensive and defensive lines. Secondary, you were injury away from having to play walk-ons. Um, depth at quarterback if Buckshot got hurt, who behind Stefan Masha for one season were you going to turn to? So Liberty went through its rebuild mode, and it benefited from being FCS and Big South because you could win games while taking your lumps. And we, we can agree Liberty had some lumps in there. You remember Charleston Southern blowing out Liberty and Lynchburg. With it, Jamie Chad Willis, coach, I might add. Yeah. yeah. And a uh, big South title on the line, all that stuff. Um, losing at Chuck South um, the year they beat Baylor and honestly Turner Gill after that game, almost crying afterwards because I think he thought his chance of staying at Liberty uh, was gone because, you know, Ian McCall, that was his first full year as AD. Um, but, you know, all side, Liberty built and – is in a position now where you can sustain success. Um, I have a little bit more insight in Virginia Tech and how roster management, the inability to recruit the state and not evaluating talent and developing it really hurt Tech in, in the last few years under Justin Puente. So for instance, and John, you know roster management, does it make sense to have 14 scholarship running backs on the roster at one given time? Of course not. Yeah, but that's what happened with Tech. So um, that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, you, you look at 
what Hugh Freeze did and what Jamie Chadwell is continuing to do, you look what Kirk Kennedy has done at James Madison, they built it the right way. And I think Virginia Tech, I know that with Brent Pry, they're in that boat of having to build it the right way and they're going the old-fashioned way of they're going to recruit high schoolers, build those relationships, get them, develop them. So then, you know, by the time they're ready to go, the guys ahead of them have graduated. You're in a good, good spot. Uh, I think Tony Elliott's in the same boat. Um, I will agree with Chris Lang that right now it seems like Liberty and James Madison have passed both Power Five teams in terms of where they are standing wise. I know the SP Plus data um, acknowledges that as well. So, um, but you know, I'd give Liberty more of a more of a lead if they're still independent. And I don't want to go on a $10 rant here because you know what he does on the message boards. And all he said was, oh, Liberty should stay independent. There's no need to go to Conference USA because you're playing Power 5 teams on a yearly basis. And it's not till 2027 when Liberty plays another Power 5 team to really see where they're at. So, you know, that's going to be what doesn't allow Liberty to really take steps forward is because they do not have those marquee games to really prove how – much the program has grown under Chadwell, and that's really a shame because I think Liberty has a chance to really showcase the growth of this program if they could play, um, you know, those teams. No, I totally makes sense. And I'm interested, do you think JMU is going to find the same uh, trouble that Liberty, I think, part of the scheduling concern is that teams know, hey, this isn't a free win. This is not a, a you know, our typical buy game that, we're going to have them come to town and just, you know, win by 40 points between the Baylor game and, and, and games like that. Teams are, are now hesitant to play Liberty. Do you envision that happening going forward with JMU? Yeah, I kind of want to look up real quick uh, what James Madison's future schedules are because I know they have a game against Virginia Tech coming up. Um, so they have North Carolina in 2024, Virginia Tech in 25. Then they have one-offs with Maryland, North Carolina, but nothing coming to Harrisonburg. So they have at least one opportunity a year, but that's it. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's that's why. And because of, you know, how tough it is to win those games. And John knows this as well as I do. Um, if you go back to the beginning of last year, through 20, so 2022 included through 2031, uh, Liberty had 23 games against Power Five opponents scheduled through that time. They played four, so you think, oh, they got 18 left. They got four left. <laughs> That's all against Virginia Tech. So, um, you know. Liberty moving conference USA really, I don't say hurt Liberty, but you know teams were coming to the door saying we're, we'll cancel series to give you game up your schedules, and that's because of what Liberty had done and what Liberty was doing in terms of beating teams. Uh, twenty twenty beating Syracuse and Virginia Tech that opened the door in twenty twenty one when Liberty accepted the bid to go to conference USA of oh, yeah, we can cancel those series. No problem because 
we don't want to play you. And then beating Arkansas last year and nearly beating Wake Forest and beating BYU really solidified, oh, we're not going to play you because we're scared we're going to lose. And it's a no-win situation for these Power 5 teams because they come in, all the expectation is they have to win. And Liberty comes in, oh, we got nothing to lose. And that's that's where the problem is. Yeah, Damian, uh, again, appreciate you coming on. One, one more question for you, and we'll let you get back to that Virginia Tech beat. Uh, how closely have you followed the Flames? I'm sure you have a little bit just because you spent so much time in Lynchburg, but uh, are you at all surprised at the success early on that, that Coach Chadwell has had, you know, getting off to this 3-0 start so far to start this year? Not on offense. You and I both saw in – against UAB and Wake Forest last year, a, what a healthy Caden Salter can do, especially when he's under control and doesn't feel like he has to do everything. And that's what I, I thought the growth was there. And I was hoping the wait last season ended in the regular season because we were tracking how many consecutive games he had a turnover. You know, it was UConn, Virginia Tech, and I think he had one against New Mexico State. Um but I thought the way the game plan was designed for him against uh, Toledo in the bowl game, that helps confidence-wise. And I think Chadwell sticking with him and saying, you're the guy after what we witnessed last year with Freeze and the revolving door quarterback after Charlie Brewer went down, that, you know, that, that doesn't surprise me. The one thing Liberty needs to clean up, and this is when I was doing some research, um, like Virginia Tech's rush defense is one of the worst in the nation this year. You know what shocked me is that Liberty was ranked right there near them in terms of yards per carry um, allowing this year. Because Virginia Tech's allowing like 5.1 yards a carry and Liberty is at like the high four nines. That's something that needs to be cleaned up because FIU can run the ball, especially with a quarterback. And that's going to be what needs to be cleaned up and addressed, especially with your run fits, especially secondary and linebackers. Um, I know Dupree Jolly have had a bunch of picks this year. They're going to need to come up big with tackling and being surefire there. And then, you know, having your safeties come up and clean up anything, that's going to be key uh, for Liberty against FIU, not only to remain undefeated, but remain undefeated in league play before you get into the crazy midweek schedule because that's going to be brutal with a Thursday-Tuesday turnaround. No, totally is. We're looking forward to it. You know, it's going to be a lot of a lot of new uh, for Liberty this season. We've talked about it before, but we, we've kind of gotten through the the new coach, some of the new stuff, uh, new new beat writer. Uh, sadly, you're not with us anymore, but uh, thanks for for hopping on. Love the the Jeff Gordon over your uh, right shoulder. I think it's uh, old Jeff Gordon photo. Uh, but as always, thank you for, for popping on and, uh, you know, following uh, Liberty uh, from Blacksburg. And best of luck to you. I'm not going to say best of luck to the Hokies. They did all the luck they can get. But best of luck to you uh, moving forward, and I uh, will be in touch for sure. So, Damian, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. And, uh, again, if you are listening, regardless of the mode, regardless of the platform, make sure you take that opportunity to like, subscribe, uh, download, all that good stuff. Helps us out a bunch. Uh, and it is that time. We are going to take a look at not just Liberty football, but give everyone an opportunity to learn about what's going on with all the Liberty athletics. And we're going to do it with our main man, Zeke. And he's going to do it in 71 seconds. 
What's up, guys? It's Zach, and we are back with the Liberty Sports Recap. Men's soccer went 2-0 this past week, defeating Longwood 3-1 and USC Upstate 4-1. Liberty men's soccer is 5-1 on the year and will face number 20 Wake Forest on Tuesday in Winston-Salem. Big game for them. Liberty women's soccer also went 2-0 this week, defeating App State 2-0 and BMI with the same score 2-0. The Lady Flames are 9-0 on the year. They are one of two teams in the country to win every game in 2023, joining FSU. They will face Middle Tennessee and Tennessee on Thursday for their first Conference USA matchup. Um, volleyball, unfortunately, went 0-2 this week with losses to good teams in number 22 Houston and Texas A&M. The Lady Flames are 7-4 in the year and will face Old Dominion next. Field hockey defeated a pair of Virginia teams, defeating Old Dominion in an absolute bloodbath. 2-0 and William & Mary by the same 2-0 final score. The number 10 Liberty Flames are 7-1 and will face Providence on Friday at home. Men's tennis went 2-1 at the Penn Invitational, defeating Navy and Temple. They did fall to Yale. They will complete in the ITA Championships next. Women's tennis won 22 out of 31 matches at the Tribe Invitational. They will host the Liberty Hidden Duels in October. Another week, another win for Liberty Football, who was 3-0 after defeating Buffalo in their first row game of the season, 55-27. Caden Salter with six total touchdowns. Incredible win for the Liberty Flames on the road. They will travel to Miami this week to face FIU in a big Conference USA matchup. As always, go Flames! Shout out Zeke, another great week keeping us in the loop. You know, I can't keep track of all the uh, all the success of the the fall sports so far. But Zeke mentioned Buffalo last week. What an absolute offensive showing! Um, one of the most visually pleasing offensive efforts I've seen out of Liberty in my time as a fan. And I think because of that, as you can see, we have moved up the ESPN College Football Power Index uh, to the top of the Conference USA up. 15 spots to the number 72 spot, uh, Western Kentucky. Big drop. They got the doors blown off them against Ohio State, kind of as expected. Uh, game got a little ugly, um, but brings us to the Saturday. Facing a team ranked 128th, I don't buy that for a moment, uh, and that is FIU. John, you're smarter than I am. You know more about me. Give us the breakdown. Tell us a little bit about FIU. What can we expect this coming Saturday? Yeah, well, it's a team that uh, in FIU that's playing with a lot of confidence. First of all, I think that's the most important part is is they've won three straight games, and and uh, with their quarterback, who he, he took over, true freshman took over in, in week two, and he's undefeated as a starter there. Obviously, having won the last three games, I should say he took over in week one. It was the second week for for the Panthers playing. Uh, he was also undefeated his senior year of high school, fourteen and zero at uh, Miami Central High, I think it was. Uh, so so he hasn't. Um, uh, lost a game in a long time so he's got a lot of confidence the team has a lot of confidence uh in, in him and, and just around uh coach mcintyre and the panthers so far i mean uh three straight wins the first one was over maine 14 to 12 and and that was coming right after they lost uh, their week zero opener against uh, louisiana tech where they had four rushing yards so at that point in time i think i had fiu at the bottom of our power rankings uh on a sea of red 
But uh, the last two weeks, they got a win over North Texas, scoring 46 points, and then knocked off UConn on the road. We we all know how difficult that can be uh, to win up there. So uh, in stores, so so a nice win for the Panthers. And, and like I said, they they got a lot of confidence. They uh, be facing Liberty at home for their homecoming game. Uh, you know they'll be amped up. And and I've heard you know some quotes out of there. Uh, in Miami already this week talking about how Liberty is the best team in Conference USA. So they're they're obviously amped up and ready for this game and want to kind of put a stamp on on their program and the progress they've made. And, and they can certainly do that and turn a lot of heads and, and grab some attention with a win over the Flames, who are 10.5-point favorites uh, this week. Very interesting uh, when it comes to that, that, that point spread. It is a lot of points. Um and Dave mentioned earlier, the one piece I'm looking at is that running defense. They have a quarterback that is not going to be uh, afraid to run the ball. He's a freshman. Sometimes you get those freshmen out there that just don't know anybody better. They're not – it seems like this kid's not thinking. He's just jumping in and he's playing. And then and, and that can be scary when, when a freshman comes in with that confidence. He knows that he's able to win games. Um, I'm not super impressed with a win over Maine. Obviously, they had their game against La Tech, beating Maine by two. All right, North Texas, that's interesting. UConn, still waiting to see them take that that big jump, to have that game, their their Buffalo game. I think we'll look at the Buffalo game and go, you know, that was our turning point for the year. We played a complete uh, game of four quarters. Um, this could be their game. It is homecoming. It is going to be an opportunity. They're going to be ramped up. I don't know how many people they can fit uh, in that stadium, how many people will show up. It is a great vibe. Uh, you are going down there, right, John? Oh, yeah. Chad and I will be uh, making the trip down uh, to Miami and uh, Chad will be our photographer. So if any of our photos are good, it's his uh, doing. If they're not, then it's also his fault. So, yeah. No, we'll uh, definitely kick it over and uh, blame Chad. Uh, Other Conference USA matchups this week? Yeah, I think the biggest one that we're looking at, you know, as Liberty is the only uh, undefeated team right now in Conference USA, but I think the biggest one is the Western Kentucky at Troy. Uh, that's a game that I think Troy is a, a you know a slight favorite in going in this week, and it's the same team that uh, lost to James Madison last week. We're talking about you know just how good is this JMU team and how do they compare against a team like Liberty? Well, this might be one of the only ways we can find out this year is uh, you know JMU just went down to Troy in Alabama and knocked them off. Uh, Troy had some, I was watching the tail end of that game when I, uh, stopped, uh, off the road in Pennsylvania there on Saturday night and, uh, was watching the end of that game, the fourth quarter and, and they missed a field goal and, and were driving late and, and, uh, weren't able to, to pull off the win, but, uh, that'll be a nice test for Western Kentucky this week, uh, taking on, uh, Troy, one of the better teams in the Sun Belt, uh, Eastern Michigan, Jacksonville state, another game that, that I got my eye on. That's a game, you know, Liberty will be playing Jacksonville state here in a couple of weeks. And uh, on, on a Tuesday night, that's a quick turnaround after Sam Houston, Thursday to Tuesday. Uh, it'll be a tough game. Jacksonville State has been impressive early. Uh, but those are probably the two two games I kind of got circled, obviously, other than the, the Liberty FIU game. Uh, Conference USA showdown uh, down in Miami this weekend. Yeah, and it's definitely that calm before October hits. Uh, when we have Conference USA games only. And we got games on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. And it is just all Conference USA. And we're going to be screen watching. And we're going to be watching games that we're not involved in, but we're rooting against teams uh, and all that. So before we jump into the Liberty line, uh, and thanks for replaying that Troy game, John. Uh, I had Troy to finish off a parlay, and they absolutely pooed the bed. And 
I would have been just live bullets going into this weekend, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but we are, do you want to give an update on our drive for 71? We are up to 27 monthly subscribers that support our NIL collective. Now, Chad was on last week. John, you want to talk a little bit uh, more about that? Sure. So drive for 71. Again, you can go back and watch the segment. Uh, Chad was on uh, last week just uh, talking about Flames Rising, the Flames Rising Co Collective. And and uh, it's a way that uh, Liberty alum can come together and Liberty fans, Liberty supporters and and support the, the athletic department. I mean, this is a Flames Rising Collective that supports all sports at Liberty, uh, football, basketball, men's and women's. Uh, basketball and softball, baseball, soccer, all the way down. And uh, so, so this is a, a way that we're kind of kicked off. Uh, Flames Rising has kicked off the monthly uh, subscribers, and there's uh, benefits that come along with your uh, membership. But for as low as ten dollars a month, you can join Flames Rising and, and and be part of the collective. And that's nil nil funds that goes into a pot and then is distributed to uh, to student athletes. And uh, Drive for Seventy One. So through uh, the, this uh, Sea Red podcast, uh, we're trying to push to get to seventy one monthly subscribers. New uh, signups this month. So. Uh, you go to flames-way.acofred.com to get more information, uh, tax-deductible uh, contributions you can make there. And uh, any questions, feel free. You can reach out. There's ways on the website as well and all the other ways you know how to get in contact with us. But help help get us to 71. Uh, we're at 27 in the first week, and let's get a nice uh, strong push this week and and uh, be able to close this out here uh, as the Flames come in for a Conference USA Championship later this year. Absolutely. And I am someone that uh, is part of that, that 27 group as well. Lead from the front starts $10 a month. You get some great benefits, video chats with players, signed cards, insider meetings with John and Chad. I'll probably tag along as well. So I can try to learn something uh, as well. So, you know, don't just assume that other people are going to donate. Other people are going to be the ones that are spending money. Get in there, get involved. Uh, makes for a great conversation. Like, yeah, I support my uh, my college's NIL. Um, I'm an alumni at another Division One school. There's like no NIL, uh, even after beating Purdue. Not a big deal. Still, there's like no NIL stuff. Uh, but I have never been more excited to go to our next segment, and that is because I had a little bit bit of success uh, from the previous week. So it is that time we're going to talk a little bit of gambling. G A M B L I N. We're gambling. So we're going to bring on our main man, CT, and talk about cashing some tickets. Manson, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome on, CT. Uh, cash and tickets, Christian Taylor. How are we doing this Tuesday night? Dude, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm living the dream. I'm flying. I'm flying high. That's all we could ask for. Honestly, we we are hot right now. We'll jump right into it. If you took my plays and you faded them, you'd be 12 and four. You'd be up seven units. And so I'm I'm gonna say I own that. That's impressive. Um, so we are we're about as hot as you can get right now. And I will take that all day. I've been there before. You'll get people in the comments watching this, listening to this. And if you are, like and subscribe. They'll be like, this guy's an idiot. I'm going to fade his picks. Go right ahead. Please. A good, a good gambler knows when you're cold. When all a friend texts me like, hey, what do you like in this game? You're like, I like this, but I stink. Fade me. 
So you got to be able to to admit that. But CT, what what happened last week? Yeah, I mean, just looking at it, uh, first of all, Army, I mean, I was right on Army. They won the game outright, but UTSA, their defense was atrocious. They were giving up 50-yard plays to Army, which is unheard of for service academies. Um, and then I, I knew it was over when right before halftime, UTSA threw a Hail Mary 50 yards for a touchdown. I was like, yeah, this, this under is done. Um, so that was that. Liberty took care of business, thankfully. Oregon State lost for the first time in two years or didn't cover for the first two years. Uh, they didn't cover for the first time in two years. What are you going to do? Um, Rutgers and UConn, uh, that teaser, Rutgers, great. I had UNC instead of UConn until an hour before the show. And then I said, oh, I'll change it. UNC took took care of business. And then Troy JMU, whatever. I mean, you already talked about that for a minute. Just Troy did absolutely nothing that game. So, All right. It's a new week. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. We're feeling good. The Flames are 3-0. And at the end of the exactly. day, that's what matters. I'll lose, and I'm sure – I don't want to speak for you, but I'm sure you would agree. I'll lose every bet for the week. If it means Liberty wins, like if they, if, if I win a bet on top of that, great. But we're on to week, uh, we're on to week three. It's a huge week of college football. One of the biggest we've had in a while. Give us your locks. Yeah, absolutely. Jumping right into it. I'm running it back with army. Um, I, we get this number again at the service Academy, two touchdowns. I'm going to take that every time. Um, so I'm taking army plus 14 at Syracuse. Syracuse has been very hot as well. Um, I think they're undefeated so far. They look really solid, a lot more solid than past years. Um, but I still believe Army can go ahead and keep that one within uh, two touchdowns. Um, so I'm going to take that there. And then also in the noon slate, we have a pretty good game, in my opinion, SMU at TCU. Um, TCU is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, so sitting right there. I think the books are enticing you to say, hey, I can get TCU as a touchdown favorite, not have to worry about a push. Let me put that in. I'm low on TCU this year. I think the Colorado game showed that. No disrespect to Colorado. They are pretty decent. But I think TCU is pretty down, especially after the way they overperformed last year. And I really like this SMU team. Um, I think they win outright. I'm not going to put that as my lock, but I definitely think that they cover. I agree. Uh, it is, a, I think, an underrated game. Uh, SMU moving to the ACC. They got a lot to prove, a chance for them to check the box. To be the team that was just in the national championship game last year, yes, I know they lost a ton of talent, but that that banner is still up there, um, and I think it's an it's a pick that I I might be tagging along with as well. No doubt. Now I do have uh, kind of like a conference USA two pack in a way. So uh, first one, Louisiana Tech goes to Nebraska. Um, we backed Louisiana Tech uh, week zero, and that went poorly, and they've looked really just as bad every week since. Um, so it's partially a fate of them, and it's also backing the Nebraska defense. Um, so I last week I took Northern Illinois team total under 16 and a half. They scored like six points. I'm running it back with Louisiana Tech team total under 14 and a half. So we get them. They can score up to two touchdowns. Um, I, I doubt they get over 10. Again, this Nebraska defense is a top 20 defense. Um, no matter what their offense and quarterback situation is. Um, but I, I think Louisiana Tech isn't going to be able to put up much. Then Sam Houston State plays at Houston, a little inner city rivalry. Um, and that one, Sam Houston has one of the worst offenses in the country, if not the worst. They also have probably a top 20 defense as well. Um, and you look, they're covering machines right now. I, they're the only team that is undefeated and covering the spread in FBS of all time. 
two games, but regardless, they're the only ones. So um, I this, I wish we could get two touchdowns. The line's at 13 right now. I'm going to take that up to Sam Houston plus 19, um, and I'm also going to go ahead and take the under as well. I think this could be a 13-3 to three game or something along those lines. Yeah, they're, they're the Iowa of the Conference USA. Let's just get mm-hmm. that get that Absolutely. narrative going now. All right, last game last game of the week, a little nightcap. I do want to say I love the way you structured uh, your bets. Two, two for the noon, a little one in the afternoon. If you need a nap, you're not you're only missing a game, and then you come out late with the uh, the afternoon game, the the late games. Yep, yep, absolutely. And honestly, this might not be the game that you're or the games that you're watching at this point. We have some pretty good ones going on at night. That's okay. Throw them on the side TV on ESPN Plus, and you're good to go. Um, so I have two Sun Belt teams to really just take care of business. Um, first of all, Southern Miss at Arkansas State. Southern Miss is minus seven. We're teasing them down to minus one. They really just need to win. Arkansas State is they're worse than UMass. They're worse than New Mexico State. They're worse than UConn. They're probably worse than Sam Houston. They're awful. Butch Jones is the head coach. He's probably going to get fired soon. And I'm fading them every game until he gets fired. It's worked great so far. I'm going to keep doing it. And then Buffalo at Louisiana. We saw what Buffalo is, and it's not much right now, especially compared to past years. So Louisiana, minus eight and a half. We bring that down to under a field goal, uh, and we take Louisiana minus two and a half uh, to close it out. And there you have it. Depending on your views in life, do you think CT is going to turn turn the corner and have himself a monster week? Then you know what? Tail him. If you're thinking he's going to keep it going, fade him. You might make a little bit, bit of money. But that is between you and your God and the decisions that you get to make. The picks are here. What you do with them is completely up to you. Now, we had some picks last week. Uh, mm-hmm. Went pretty well, some are saying. Uh, for you and me, maybe not John, but <laughs> for you and me, um, regression on both ways. Positive regression for us and negative for John. So um, you did great. Eight and one up six units. I was seven and two myself. Um, and I, I'm really proud of that board. We both read it really well. Yeah. I told you when you sent me the picks, I went, I love the board. I love it. Um, And that Colorado, Colorado state game had no business going over until the fourth (laughs) quarter. Like that screamed under, Uh, but I'll take eight and one, you know, seven and two, even, uh, you know, buckshot, our guest picker four and five decent, definitely gets to, you know, I, I would take a four and five week every single week. So for our guest picker, pretty good, but it is guest picker time. And I, for one, am thrilled about this guest picker. Uh, he is a staple of college football on the internet, specifically the SEC. Uh, you've seen him everywhere, every which way. And we are delighted uh, to be joined by our guest picker this week, Stingray Steve. How are we living, Stingray? Good. How about you guys? It's college football season. What could go wrong? Uh, I know, right? I mean, it's it's crazy right now. It totally is. Oh, hey guys. we got a guest. Yeah, I just wanted to jump in and say, what's up, Stingray? Thanks for joining the show. Uh, Long-time Flames supporter. Uh, I am. I was looking back there at your shirts hanging up. I don't see the Liberty shirt we sent a couple years ago. Definitely don't see the Liberty visor anywhere, but it's all good. Hey, thanks for joining the show. This is uh, You're in good hands with Richie and CT okay. here. They'll take good care of you. Uh, you guys know no college football. I'm excited to see uh, excited to see these picks. So you guys get get into it. Okay, thank you, man. No doubt. And th- again, as Richie and Chad have said, thanks for joining us tonight. 
Um, jumping right into things, um, we're a couple weeks into the season. Mm-hmm. What would you say right now? What What's the state of the SEC? Is it is it Georgia's to lose again? Is it weaker than past years? As some are saying, what What's the state right now? Dude, it's it's pretty bad. Um, I mean, because right now, three weeks into the season, you could literally say uh, that we could potentially have an Ole Miss-Missouri SEC championship game. I mean, it is horrible because we've only got two teams undefeated in the West now, and it is Ole Miss and Auburn. I mean, who would have thought that? Alabama's got quarterback issues. You saw LSU get drilled by Florida State. You know, Georgia's gotten off to some slow starts. So the million-dollar question is, what's going to happen in the SEC? But I can guarantee you this, guys, it's going to make for exciting and fun football down the stretch. It is, and I'm, I'm excited we're getting back to that. You know, there's no, all right, that's great, Georgia just – dog walked a team by 50 yep. Alabama just beat a team by 60 you know that Missouri win against K-State that got national news that was a national yeah. win um even you know I know LSU they lost to Florida State it got ugly in the second half yes same thing happened last year and they turned it around mm-hmm. Texas A&M there was a tough loss against Miami but they have an opportunity to right the ship this yes. week so it really is kind of a wide open where you have Alabama doesn't get the quarterback stuff figured out Georgia did not look good at home against uh, the Gamecocks. It really is uh, kind of kind of wide open, which is exciting. It's, I'm getting like Pac-12 vibes. Yes. Pac-12 is like the <laughs> SEC this year where like everyone's good. And the SEC, I think we're going to see that they're eating their own and they're like, wow, this team just lost to this team. Like they just lost their playoff shot because of that. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be exciting to see. Yeah. And, of course, you know, Mississippi State, uh, they, they looked awful, obviously, this past – December, we lost head coach Mike Leach. Mississippi State is trying to deal with that. And then, of course, move on to the new hire and the new transition into Zach Arnett. And so with LSU this past weekend, Mississippi State only had seven total yards of offense at the half versus LSU, that is atrocious. But, of course, you know, they are breaking in a brand-new scheme from a guy who was at App State last year. So it's going to take a while for Mississippi State to go from more of a air raid offense to what they want to be as a pro-style run-the-ball over at Mississippi State. That is not going to take uh, happen overnight, and so it's going to be very interesting to see how the season plays out over there in Starkville. Now, what would you say, and I, I honestly, just with all the transition, I was concerned about Mississippi, Mississippi State this year. Mm-hmm. A couple games they've performed a little better than I thought as well. So yes. looking ahead after this LSU game, they have South Carolina on deck this week. Um, what do you see for Mississippi State in that game? Uh, well, it's all going to depend on basically how well their offensive line uh, holds up because they were getting drilled by LSU this past weekend. I cannot tell you how many times uh, Will Rogers got sacked in that football game. Uh, I do like Mississippi State on the road just simply because I'm not sold on South Carolina either, the way they played in the second half against Georgia. And they've also had really hard time 
of stopping offenses, especially the North Carolina game. Uh, you know, Shane Beamer, the issue for South Carolina is a depth issue. They still lack a lot of depth behind the one and two, you know, play uh, on the depth chart. Sorry about that. And so um, I really feel like the depth issue at South Carolina and, of course, at Vanderbilt is going to be an issue moving forward as we head further into this season. Well, I I've been fading Spencer Rattler for uh, it seems like seven years now he's been in college. I just yes. never bought in, doesn't do it for me. I even when they, they got up on on uh on Georgia this week, I went, Oh no. Just water finds <laughs> water finds its level. Yes. And it uh it, this this will all be okay for uh Georgia fans. Right. So and, I'm no, sure I'm uh, oh, sorry. sorry. Um, you know, Georgia, Georgia is not happy with their offensive coordinator Mike Bobo and the slow starts. And those slow starts could come back to haunt them a little bit later on down the road, especially when they have to play Florida in Jacksonville and potentially when they go to Como, Missouri, uh, to take on uh, the Missouri Tigers later on this season. Yeah, and it turns out Florida might not be half bad this year either. Yes. Uh, huge win for them, kind of cooled the seat off of uh, Napier for sure. But we are on to week four. Some are calling this one of the best weeks, uh, pro- definitely the best week we've had so far this year. Hopeful the games live up to the hype. And mm-hmm. uh, we're going to we're gonna go through and break some of the games down. So shout out to you for taking liberty. Uh, I would imagine it's a rule you can't go on another school's podcast Correct. and then fade the other team. Like that's, that's a uh, surefire way. But uh, hey. we've been watching Liberty. Right. Yep. I, I do have one quick nugget to say about that game, uh, Liberty at FIU. I did a little bit of homework, and I don't know if you guys know this or not, but this is Liberty's first trip to the state of Florida since they played Central Florida back in 2002. Ooh, well, we did go to a bowl game last year okay. in Florida, but we played uh, Toledo. So very okay. interesting that we have not played a Florida team Yes. In that in that mm-hmm. long. Uh, great. Good stat. Keep that in the, the back of the mind. Uh, we got a great quarterback, Caden Salter. This kid airs it out. Uh, came from Tennessee. Uh, we're so happy to have him here. But he he throws throws in a, a beautiful deep ball. So we're all in on the over. You're in on Liberty, which which we yes. love to see a uh, little uh, some Southern football for you. Troy Wessler, Kentucky, little uh, Southern against uh, yeah. Some the Conference USA team thoughts about Troy Wessler, Kentucky. What, what what makes you like Troy? I just like Troy, and because they are an Alabama school, and uh, mm-hmm. I haven't been able to watch Troy that much this year. I did watch them uh, briefly the other night against James Madison, and that was a tough loss for them. But I do think they bounce back this weekend when the, the Hilltoppers come down there to Troy, Alabama. I like that pick for sure. Um, Jumping on down a bit to one of the SEC marquee matchups of the week. Um, It's a team that we've avoided talking about much on the podcast this year. Um, But Auburn goes and plays Texas A&M. I I think it could be a spot that Auburn even wins outright, but you took Texas A&M. So what are your thoughts on that game? Well, it's an early kick, and of course, you know, we really don't know that much about Auburn because they've had slow starts, and they had a 
rough outing out there in the Pac-12 versus California. And, of course, you know, playing on the road in the SEC, Kyle Field is a very, very hostile environment with well over 100,000 fans in that stadium. If this game was in Auburn, I might take the Auburn Tigers, but since it is on the road in the very, very tough SEC environment, that's why I'm going with the Aggies winning this game. Oh, I love it. It's going to be – it's definitely uh, one of the ones I'll be watching. I'm, I'm yes. lucky. Uh, I'm going with a bunch of buddies this weekend to Atlantic City. We'll be watching all of the games all day long. It's the perfect week to do it. Uh, a team that you've mentioned a little bit before uh, with some issues, Alabama. Alabama yeah. Ole Miss. Anytime you get Lane Kiffin against Nick Saban, weird things happen. Fireworks, press conferences – Give us your thoughts. What can we look forward to uh, when it comes to this matchup that a lot of people have circled every year? Well, uh, you know, it's all going to come down to how well Jalen Milrow plays in his uh, second start uh, because, you know, obviously he got the start against Texas and that was a loss. And then last week they went with the two-quarterback look there versus South Florida. That did not go well. And so now it's going to be on Jalen Milrow to move the ball. Now, I will tell you that Ole Miss's defensive coordinator, Pete Golding, was at Alabama last year. And so that Mm. makes it very, very interesting. However, with all of the issues that are here in Tuscaloosa, with the Crimson Tide and the firepower on offense that Ole Miss has, I just see Ole Miss coming in here and getting this win again. You convinced me. Yeah, I'm actually going to go Alabama loses two in a row at home for the first time under Coach Saban. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the people of Tuscaloosa will handle that just well. <laughs> yes. But uh, like I said, man, Alabama has major, major issues on the offensive line because, guys, When you have an offensive line that is pound for pound, the size of the biggest offensive line in the NFL, and you're letting guys from South Florida get on the inside of you and pressure the quarterback, you've got major issues. This is not a quarterback issue at Alabama. It is an offensive line issue because the one time last Saturday that the offensive line held up, Guess what happened? They went downfield. They hit uh, the tight end for a big gain, and that led to Alabama's first touchdown of the game there in the third quarter. That tells you right there this is an O-line problem, not a quarterback issue at Alabama. Totally makes a ton of sense. Very interesting to see Alabama – uh, in the same position, kind of that we were in last year, yeah. uh, rotating quarterback, seeing who's going to stick. Uh, last game we're going to mention, the marquee game of the week. This has kind of been one of those games where people look at the beginning of the football season and they say, all right, uh, out of conference-wise, Alabama-Texas, and the game after that, a lot of people talking about Ohio State-Notre yeah. Dame. Uh, we're consensus. It's kind of, t- kind of terrifying when you see everyone uh, on the same <laughs> side. But uh, give us your thoughts. I know it's not. This is that Midwest football to Big Ten, a uh, bit out of uh, what, what what your specialty is. But any any thoughts, anything that sticks out for you for Notre Dame, Ohio State? Yes, because Ohio State uh, had a struggle win against Indiana. They did not look well in that game. 
And then, of course, they have gotten off to very slow starts in the other games. Now, of course, they did beat Western Kentucky last weekend, but Notre Dame has looked really good all in all three phases of the game so far this season. I do not like Ohio State going on the road to yet another hostile environment going into South Bend. Now, if this game was in Columbus, Ohio, I might have taken Ohio State in this game. But since it's on the road, I think with the crowd noise and them going on the road for the first time uh, this season in a big non-conference game, I think it goes to Notre Dame. And I definitely will be watching this game Saturday night. Uh, this is one of the games that I am most definitely looking forward to this weekend. Absolutely. I would say it's probably one of the games of the season for sure. So everybody out there, make sure that you tune into this one um, as we wrap up the slate. I, I really appreciate you just giving your picks. I'm really excited to see um, how, how it turns out against our other guest pickers that we've had so far. Um, to wrap it all up, I know that you mentioned – Right now, if if things were as they stand, it would be Ole Miss against Missouri um, in the SEC championship. Yeah. I like that. I have an Ole Miss to win the SEC West ticket. I like that. Right. Um, but for you, just as the rest of the season unfolds, who do you see making it to the SEC championship? And then who do you think ultimately wins it? <laughs> uh, I really, based off of last weekend, that's what I'm going with. I'm going with LSU-Georgia rematch uh, because LSU had a very strong outing against Mississippi State and Georgia took care of business. And I think they are, well, I know they are the most talented team over there in the East. So I think if Alabama cannot get its issues fixed, even though that game is here in Tuscaloosa, I still think LSU walks into Tuscaloosa and gets that win, beating Saban for two years in a row. And I think LSU ultimately wins the West again based off of last week's performance. But, guys, let me just go ahead and say this. You know, this weekend, you know, LSU plays Arkansas. Who knows? Arkansas may sneak up and beat them. And then we go, oh, well, this team could possibly win the West next week. So, I mean – this is the time of year, and especially with the SEC, where it could definitely flip-flop between now and next week on who we think could win the West. It's crazy times ahead. I'm actually going to be down in Tuscaloosa, my first ever uh, trip down there. I'm going to be down there for Alabama LSU in November. So nice. I am wow. absolutely excited for that, the whole tailgate experience. Right. Stay great. Before we let you go, tell us a little bit, uh, about what you do. Where can we hear you talk more about STC football? Okay, so I have a sports show uh, called The Stingray Show on Tide 100.9. Uh, it is a radio station here in Tuscaloosa. Uh, now, of course, we debuted on Tide 100.9 March the 3rd of 22. And so we were a two-a-day show uh, on Thursdays and Saturdays. I am happy to announce that we are now a daily show. From Let's six, go. <laughs> thank you. From 6 until 7 p.m. 
Monday through Friday during uh, the late drive time. Uh, you can catch us on Tide 100.9. They have an app that you can download and listen to the Stingray Show. We were also just syndicated to a radio station out of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And so the same show that airs in Tuscaloosa airs an hour before it during drive time down in Hattiesburg, 5 to 6 p.m. And we are always looking for other markets to branch out into because we are an SEC show. We don't necessarily cover specifically one team. We talk about everybody in the SEC. And so, hey, you know, we are going to be a regional show. That is our ultimate goal. And our tagline for the show, I will leave you guys with this. Hey, if you don't like it, you better learn to love it because the Stingray Show is the best thing going today, baby. Woo! There he is, Stingray. Thank you again for coming on. Uh, hope to have you around next season as well. Good luck with everything, and I will for sure be tuning in at Tuscaloosa. And if I do do see you, don't be shocked if I come over and uh, say hi. See you, Stingray. Yeah, thanks again, Stingray. Um, just really quickly, he's our third guest picker, so... Who's on top right now? Sam uh, went six and three his week, up two and a half units roughly. And then Buckshot went four and five, down about a unit uh, and a half or so. So we'll see how Stingray does. Went all money lines. Honestly, I think that could work great. Put him right at the top yeah. of the leaderboard. Um, so I'm really excited to see what happens. And then just lastly, just to recap it all, Richie, you and I had great weeks last week. So um, just to look at our overall standings, and Chad, if you want to get that slide up, um, John is leading us just barely though now. So he's 20 and 14 up 4.24 units. You're the same record as him, but just because of a couple of plays, um, you're up 4.2 units. So it's neck and neck and I'm, I'm trying to catch up 17 and 17, but I'm still positive as well, uh, especially because those two money lines last week with Florida and Texas. So I'm trying to catch up to you guys and hopefully that happens soon. All it takes is one good week. You're a bet away from being even. Exactly. Manson, welcome back. You're muted. All right, thanks. Glad to have me back. Thank you, Richie. Uh, shout out to Stingray and CT. Uh, great to have Stingray on and and uh, CT. Uh, we, we're all fading his uh, locks of the week, right? I think you have to until he proves proves us wrong. I think you just gotta fade. But at least he gets it. He's aware. We'll take that. Nothing worse than no self awareness. Exactly, man. So, uh, Richie, what what are what are our final thoughts here as we look ahead to uh, this Saturday? It's a big showdown for Liberty against FIU. We're getting to that point of year where every matchup is going to to have big time implications when it comes to the conference championship and getting that conference championship game and then getting that conference championship game in Lynchburg. Uh, every game is going to count. Uh, this is home. This is, this is their homecoming game. We're going to get these teams best matchups. We're going to get their best. Uh, we're not going to run in that situation. We, in years past where teams were like, ah, this game, they're not, they're not getting up for a game against Liberty, a non-conference game in the middle of October. Teams are going to be getting up for these games because they're going to have big time, long term implications. So uh, I'm excited about that. Can't wait to uh, see the the pictures and snaps and and all the tweets of you and Chad down in Miami. I, I've been down there for a game with all y'all. It's an absolute blast. 
Anything to uh, lead us out, John? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, it, I'm really looking forward to this game. It's a it's a big game for Liberty. I mean, it's a conference game. Flames are one and zero. FIU's zero and one. They're going to be wanting to uh, to avenge that loss earlier in the year to to get back to uh, 500 in conference play. And and you got to remember, this is the first of six straight league games the Flames will play. And after this, they're off next week. Have a little bit of a of an extended bye there as as you go into the midweek games. Midweek on the mountain. Uh, you know, Thursday night starts Thursday night, October 5th against Sam Houston. So uh, you really want to go into that bye week and, and into those midweek games uh, feeling good, feeling confident, uh, 2-0 and still in conference play because uh, like, like Coach Chadwell says, it's one rung at a time. You can't get to the top without taking that next step, and, and that next step is Friday against uh, FIU. And I, I think we got one more uh, voicemail uh, right, producer three thousand. I don't know if you have that queued up, and ready hey, to go. Paul, we can get for that. My call. Uh, first, I wanted to ask, when do y'all think we'll finally see some baby blues? And second, I know it's still a few weeks out, but what kind of magic do you think we're going to experience for midweek on the mountain? Is it going to surpass early Saturday game atmospheres? Go Flames! Great question, uh, baby blues. I'm ready for them. Um, maybe not this year. I think next year. But again, I have no inside information. I know nothing. Um, my guess is next year. I think next year would be a good night. Maybe that first conference, and that kind of leads into the second part of that question. Maybe that first national TV game on a Tuesday night, we roll out the baby blues um, and have that be like the special bam. Here's, here's Liberty, here we are. Yeah, and I don't know if it's uh, safe to say this. This was uh, insider information. I think we had it on the the rumor mill last year. But uh, when when Coach Freeze was here, the the plan was to have the baby blues for this season, and uh, that apparently has has gone by the wayside for this year. So uh, I do think they're in the hopper. Uh, it's just a matter of when, not necessarily if. As far as midweek on the mountain, the atmosphere. I think that first Thursday night is just going to be incredible. Like uh, Thursday night football, you're one of the only games on. Uh, the students are going to come out in mass. Uh, I think it's going to be a great, great atmosphere. I think not only will it be a better atmosphere than than what we saw for those noon kickoffs, but I think it'll mm -hmm. be one of the best atmospheres we'll have all season. Will be that first Thursday night game, and and it, you know, there's two midweek games. You got a Tuesday night game a couple weeks later against Middle Tennessee. My big question is, will that, uh, you know will that carry over to that second midweek game? Cause some of the, the luster will go away. It's no longer, it's kind of like another opening night, that first week night game. Uh, but, but some of that, it'll lose its luster a little bit when you go into that second midweek game. But um, I think it'll be fun. You know, if you're, you're in Lynchburg or nearby, be sure to come on out and, uh, and have some fun. And, and Richie, for those of you that are not in Lynchburg, enjoy watching the flames on uh, national TV, ESPNU, CBS sports network, uh, easy to, to catch the flames. I can't wait for it. I did a blog about it. I'm, I'm over the moon. Uh, President Costin, if you're listening, and I'm confident that you are, give the kids off the day after that first home opener the on, on the Thursday night game. Just give them off. Let, let them be off. Go with the game. You're off Friday. It's a win-win for everyone. But we are into getting closer and closer to that, that exciting time of October. All the conference games really picking up steam. John, any last words before we close out? Flames are 3-0, big game against FIU, conference game. 
the pan this is not the 128th best team in the country as you alluded to earlier they're they're better than the computer numbers say uh that i think you you see not one of us picked liberty minus 10 and a half uh to cover the spread not one of us picked that for the first time this year uh the first couple of weeks we all were taking the flames so uh, we're a little scared of that not that we're scared the flames will win i think we feel confident in that but this fiu team is much improved they've won three straight games they're very confident they're hot and they're they're going to be uh coming out guns blazing looking for that upset against the flames uh, i'm looking forward to it uh, it doesn't get much better than than some uh, evening football down in Miami conference uh, conference game uh, championships on the line, right? Because like like I said, you got to win them one at a time, and, and it uh, starts and continues uh, Saturday night against FIU. I agree. Super jealous uh, that you're gonna gonna be down there. It's gonna be perfect weather. Again, thank you so much to everyone who are uh, joining us live tonight, checking us out later on in the week. As always, stay blessed, stay hydrated. And stay fly. We'll see you next week. Go Flames.